before I forget, I do have to tell you that I'm I'm getting a truck, so we should talk trucks later Whoa, after the pod. Truck talk. That's part yeah, two. I'll get some I truck like advice. All right, here we go. Hello and welcome to the world famous Zero K podcast. I'm here with Roslett Tanner. Um, today we're going to be discussing the newest release uh, of Urbit, 413 Kelvin. And so that came out about a week ago. Um, and so we're going to walk through some of the new stuff in that release and talk about what it means for your weekend. You know, like wh- why why you should care and how it will improve the experience of both using Urbit and developing on Urbit. So um, there's four main uh, kind of headline features here. And so uh, uh, I'm going to just go ahead and talk Roslet here through this and she can go ahead and, and interrupt me uh, and uh, oh, interject. Yeah, just say sort of like mouth noise, like, mm, mm, mm. Just do that kind of stuff. Like, so I know that you're not. Mm-hmm. I will. You can also do that. Uh, hype, hype. I won't do that. I'm not going to be hyping you. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> um, okay. You forgot your like towel to swing around with it. That would actually be good. That'd be good for the show. Um, <laughs> an air horn. Okay. I got That go. I like. <laughs> I'm going to get the button uh, sound. Yeah, hit the button. Exactly. Like, we need someone yeah. who's like, we don't have a Jamie. We don't have an uh, engineer. So we need someone to be like, I don't even know what it would be like air horn, horn. fart noise, screeching tires. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, In any case, so the the four main sort of banner headline things in this release are the following verbal bullet list. Here we go. One remote scry. So this is a biggie. We can talk about that. It's going to, you know, I'll walk you through that Two, um, air caching. So that means basically HTTP caching for your Urbit. Three is noun channels. That's totally cryptic. I will not explain. I will explain. Uh, And number four is jetting JSON deserialization. So we'll get into that, but kind of at a high level, um, uh, I think the, the, the most important thing is this actually makes... Urbit a better server. So everyone, you know, when you when you read about Urbit, talk about Urbit, people go, oh, it's a personal server. But like, what does that actually mean to a lot of people? I think um, I think actually, just to, to, so we can pull the audience here, Roslet, mm-hmm. what is a server in your mind? Just you know, give me your your take on what a server is. And I mean, <laughs> I think it's like what makes everything function. It's like the throughput. It's what plants or, crave. Yeah. well when you just said like this is what makes everything better or will make everything better what i'm understanding from what you just said and you'll have to get into the details because i don't understand all this stuff obviously but um it sounds like this pretty significant update is just overall making the whole network more performant right yeah like everything in here does something towards that end and so a hundred percent yeah. And so, so server, like when we use that term in a technical way, right? Um, this is a reference to like a client server uh, architecture. So obviously, what's your favorite website? Roslyn, give me your favorite website. Um, on spot. Uh, trucks.com. Trucks.com. Is that a real website? I didn't check. I'm sure it will it be. Um, <laughs> uh, if you go to trucks.com, there is somewhere a computer that is generating the, let's say, f- files that are sent back to your browser that is the trucks.com experience, right? 
So that computer that serves that to your browser, that's the server, okay? And you would, in this case, be the client because you're just sort of get fetching it from the server. Mm-hmm. And ideally, you're not doing anything, right? So that it, it, if, you, if your client has to do a whole bunch of stuff, then it becomes more and more, it bogs everything down. So in an sort of ideal world, the server should do all the work and the client should basically just consume. Um, it's the ideal system, right? And so that's kind of like when we, and so what's interesting about Urbit is that everything is a server, which sounds cool because it means that there's really no distinction between like accessing a website and hosting a blog. For example, you can do both of those things um, kind of seamlessly, but the downside is that, you know, it takes more horsepower to be a server than it does to be a client. And so you sort of have, so, so we talk about like making Urbit a better server. It's like, how do we make that whole thing more performant so that you're not just have like a whole bunch of downsides of using a server and no upside. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then the downsides would be speed or. Would be. Yeah. I mean, it's a, the, 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 the downsides, right. Is that, um, you have to, cause so like, let's say I'm, I'm, uh, I'm serving trucks.com and like, I'm not a computer. I'm just like a guy that's just printing out trucks.com webpage or something. You know, it's like every time my work scales with how many people access trucks.com. Does that make sense? So like I, I have to be able to handle one visitor or a million visitors. And so that's just in more work in general. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And so yeah. really the question is like, how do you decrease the amount of work that, I have to perform with every request. Um, and that, and that's like a lot of these updates that went into 4.13 are related to that. Basically making it so it's more lightweight to service those requests. Um, and so, yeah. So, I mean, so, so a good example, right? And so we could actually just jump into them because I think a lot of them have kind of like are on that wavelength. So the, the first one is, is remote scry. So, um, Scry is, uh, there's actually a really great thread that uh, Ted put together uh, on this, and I'll, I'll link that in the show notes. But Scry is kind of just our name for a read into the namespace. So accessing um, data at a specific address. So um, do you know what a namespace is? Or do you no, know explain what that. Is? Okay. So namespace is like um, this ab abstract term, but I think probably the, the way I think about it is um, imagine a city that's like actually relatively well laid out. Um, so like New York, Island of Manhattan, right? It's actually, I've never actually have never lived there. Have you lived there? Yeah, I was born there. Okay. You were born there. Okay. So I, okay. Yeah. I, you don't have the Fran Drescher accent. So I, I didn't really, uh, okay. Um, buried but, deep within me. <laughs> it comes it's out banana-y. with your anger. Um, yeah. Is um, it's got this kind of rational grid-like structure of the streets, right? So if you see an address, you actually kind of know where it is on the island, right? Mm-hmm. With some degree of fidelity. It's like a higher number. It would be like uptown. I'm, I, I'm actually just saying things I've heard. You're really winging it. But there is a lo- <laughs> there's an actual logic. There, there is a logic. I forget what it is. There but, is but, not. But, yeah. but there is, right? And so mm-hmm. it's like I grew up in LA where it's just a total absolute mess, right? So, mm-hmm. But in, in Manhattan, at least, it's like there's this logic about the north-south streets and the east-west streets. So 
you could think about that grid system is itself a namespace, right? Because it means that like you get an address, you know where to retrieve things. You know where to visit a store, for example. And so it's pretty good. So, so the idea is like there's all kinds of different namespaces, right? Like, like even though, you know, you could say, you know, a favela, which is like just a pile of houses on a hill, that is a namespace, just very chaotic, right? And whereas like the Manhattan namespace is more rational, let's, we could say, um, just value, value neutral statement. Um, I'm pro favela, go on record. Um, but, uh, but so, so that would be the, the namespace, right? So in Urbit, so the, just to bring it back to Urbit, the sort of planet namespace or the, the ship namespace where it goes like galaxy, uh, star, planet, moon, et cetera, that actually is a namespace. So it's like, you know, um, you, you always know what ship. So if you have like poldectontag slash my cool file, you know where it is. It's on poldectontag ship. Does that mm-hmm. kind of make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, so it's sort of like the, the, um, this is one of the, one of the many great things, grand things about Urbit is this rational namespace because it's important to understand it like the opposite of it kind or like the sort of a, a counter example, which is like a URL system, like exists on the internet now, which is you go to trucks.com, right? You go to trucks.com slash my cool truck. Mm-hmm. First of all, trucks.com, you have no clue where that computer is physically on earth. And so you need to actually go to a second outside system, which is called the domain name system, D- DNS. I don't actually know what the, whatever. Um, Sounds right. It's, it's called DNS. Seems, seems logical. Um, uh, and then it watches just like something totally different, like a different language. But anyway, it's like DNS. Di- digital, digital, digital normal. name service. Subscription? Sweet. Suite? No. Sistema? I feel like um, it's probably domain name. Probably. Yeah. That seems right. But it, it's like a phone book. And it, it goes there. It's like, where's trucks.com? Oh, it's at IP address, you know, gobbledygook 1.59, whatever. So, and then that's how you find it. And then even when you're on trucks.com, that URL can just disappear, as I'm sure you've experienced. So you go back to an old link and it's not there anymore. Broken. Broken um, link. Yeah. And so, Urbit, this is done differently. So it's like, first of all, you know where that ship is. You know where that computer is because you have that Pat, Pat P. You have Poldek Tontag, you have Roslet Tanner, you have Zod, you have Marzod, whatever. You know where that is. So that's kind of like the DNS name, essentially. And then that path that's on it is what's called referentially transparent, which means that it's the same thing no matter when you go back to that path, you have a guarantee that it's going to return the same result. Um, and that's one of the benefits of having a network of computers that are all running the same software, right? So you're totally avoiding the broken link scenario. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so so what's interesting is like part of the reason, like let's assume that trucks.com is not trying to like maliciously rewrite the past, right? They're just literally, they that sh- that thing went down. They use a different kind of software. Every computer on the internet runs slightly different software. So it's kind of like you have no clue what you're going to get mm-hmm. when you go to another computer, right? And so um, that's one of the reasons why Urbit can can make these guarantees is because I know that everyone's running that same thing. Does that kind of make sense? 
Yeah, totally. So Scry is kind of like the generic name for being able to say, hey, here's a path, pull deck Tom Tag slash my cool truck. Wait, was it my cool file? Whatever, my cool truck. My cool um, truck. Let's just join these two metaphors together. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> slash my cool truck. Um, give me what is at that path. And that's the, that's the term. So the term we use is scry, mm-hmm. which is has, you know, occult roots. It means looking into a crystal ball, actually. Um, scrying. Scrying, exactly. Um, and so, so that, that's what a scry is in general. And so the, the um, remote scry system that has just been pushed, that Ted has been working on, Robness Rickfer has been working on for probably about two years, um, is basically allowing us to do that across ships. So what I just described actually has only worked up until now on your own ship. So you can kind of like know what's on your ship and where it is or whatever, but I couldn't actually say, I mean, I should have been able to, but I couldn't actually go Roslet Tanner slash my cool truck mm-hmm. because basically the, that's, that's not entirely fair. I could do that, but I couldn't do it um, the same as my ship. So I basically was asking for what's called a subscription. So this allows you to basically have it be the same across the entire namespace. And so in terms of the, the efficiency, that means that um, the good thing about, the reason you want this kind of referential transparency is because you can cache it, right? And that'll make it a lot more performant. And how does it do that for people that might not understand? How do? Um, well, first of all, do you know what caching is? Yeah, I actually do know that one. Oh, okay. I oh, mean, I don't I, seem to define it, but <laughs> I get it. I know, but like, why don't you tell me what, it is so I can check that you know. Okay, so, um, I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah do it. I want to hear your explanation. Go. I mean, I think it just means that, like, it remembers requests so that it's not having to, like, do all the whatever that it does yeah. to, to retrieve whatever it is. Doing is less whatever to it's retrieve. That's pretty what good, is, right? Is, is, that's, pretty, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, okay, so what is the capital of Kazakhstan? Um, it's not Tashkent. It's, um, what is it? It's Astana, right? It's, I mean, come on, read a book. <laughs> read a book for once. <laughs> no, no women. I, I mean, my, my, my point is that, like, if I ask you that and you have to look it up, that's mm-hmm. like work, right? Does that make sense? Like you're not, you don't have it in your memory. You don't have it written down. You have a tattooed on the small of your back. You know, you have to go look somewhere for it. And that's work. And so if someone comes and asks you that again and you don't remember, you have to do that work again. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you're like, shit, people keep asking me what the capital of Kazakhstan is and you read on a post-it note and put it on your desk, you've cached that request. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I've become smarter. Yeah. And, so, and exactly. Or, or faster at least. Right. And so, and, and it's one of those things where you caching is, 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 what makes anything work within like a reasonable amount of time. So, right. So the first time you do it, it might take a long time, but if someone makes the same request, Mm -hmm. they should get the same response, especially if you've done all this stuff with the namespace, like I just outlined. Right. Because like, Mm -hmm. like actually if you have like the normal internet, right. You have trucks.com slash my cool truck and someone has gone and edited it because shit, you know, there's a typo. 
you actually don't know if that cached version is the most current version. So it could be getting wrong information. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a namespace where you have referential transparency, you actually can cache it. So that means that like you should be able to go like, because you would have to go my cool truck version one, my cool truck version two, whatever. And you would just always know what it is. So the problem up until now is we haven't been able to use that Mm -hmm. to cache things. Right. And by the way, people, most people using the internet are used to that caching system. So they might find the way Urbit had been working to be slower than they would expect. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because the, 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 the cache problem, um, is a huge, I mean, like literally built, I mean, probably trillions of dollars have gone into solving that for the commercial internet. Right. And so when you access trucks.com, an entire army of shit happens to make that page load fast. Right. And hopefully with the current version, um, the entire might of the multinational that runs trucks.com. Right. And so when you use Urbit, you're like, shit, it doesn't cash. Right. So it's like Mm -hmm. you go to the same chat room and it takes a tick Mm -hmm. to like load the backlog. You're like, why is this? Right. Then you go back to using trucks.com, the comment section of trucks.com. And so it's this, this will basically bring us so that we can, get all the benefits of that kind of caching through remote scry, because that will mean that we can basically make these kinds of requests to arbitrary ships. And so let me just give you a concrete example. So right now, um, uh, if I want to uh, download an update to Urbit from my star, right? Push a new feature, download the, the, the update from my star. Before this release, without remote scry, that would mean that every single person that asked for an update from that star, the star would have to do some work. You have to go, oh shit, let me put that together for you. Oh shit, let me put that together. Oh shit, let me, right? Because mm-hmm. it couldn't cache it. And so now it means they, the first time it might take a, a tick, but the second through infinity time, it's just cached. So that means that these software updates can go out, you know, it's going to be like a huge, not instantaneously, but very quickly. Huge improvement in speed and performance, I imagine. So, yeah, is this has this already happened? When will people start to see? Oh, it's happened. Oh, it's happened. Oh, it's happened. It should, it's on the network. Okay. It's released. I mean, so it's 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 real. And it should be um, noticeable. It should be noticeable. So, I mean, so the, so like just that. There's two things that we're lacking, though. Um, so I mean, it really is the same thing. So right now. Um, we haven't built yet what's called access, you know, just generically access control. So basically not everyone should be able to make every kind of read, right? I mean, it's like, if I want, you know, if you and I have like a private chat, mm-hmm. uh, intimate <laughs> chat and, and someone else like asks for the backlog of that chat, they shouldn't be able to see it. Right. Right. And so. That that layer hasn't been built into Remote Scry, so you can only use it for things that are public. Okay, um, that's and so really that means important like, for people to know. It's yeah. important, but it's the kind of thing where it's like it's not. Um, it's important for developers. For the, I mean, the average person, there's no. I mean, not you'd really have to an really impact. muck through some stuff to basically okay. Okay. air your intimate DMs. That's um, good to know. Yes, exactly. Um, but but and that's why it's most useful right now for for software updates because that's actually like a really concrete case of like these huge files that you have thousands of people trying to download. Um, but you could also imagine like the chat backlog of, uh, of like a big public channel. Mm-hmm. 
like the Tlon channels, the, oh, yeah. you know, the community channel, stuff like that. So th- that's kind of like the first use case. But right now the guys are working on the access control for that. So you could actually get the same thing and have it be encrypted. Okay. Um, cool. So that only the, the proper people can access it. And once you have that, then, then yes, you'll see like much more kind of day-to-day uh, performance improvements for stuff like big chat rooms. Right. So, I mean, right now, if, or like two weeks ago, if you tried to have a huge chat room with 10,000 people, the, the ship hosting it would just fall over. Right. Mm-hmm. It would just, uh, just, just explode. You know? It'd be sad. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't be able to service a request fast enough. Mm-hmm. Cause like someone would enter a chat and then it would have to update everybody. And then by mm-hmm. that time, someone had entered a new, you see what I'm saying? So, like, it would just be stuck. Um, and so that's like the big thing is like this unlocks that whole performance improvement sort of like area of the caching of those requests. And that's why it's a huge deal. I mean, it's like, this is the thing where Urbit has always been slower than a normal sort of internet experience. And I mean, this is like definitely bringing it up and up and closer and closer and closer. Well, congratulations guys. This is rad. USA. You did it. Um, They did it. They did it. And so, yeah, like I said, Rob is Rick for, like has been working on this design for I think about two years. Um, Go but all the guys at the, at the foundation have have chipped on on this, so that's that's really cool. And getting it out is is a big one. Yeah, it's um, a really big deal. And then let's see. So, and actually, I mean, really related to that is the is the air caching thing. So I mean, like all, everything I just said about caching, right? Uh, that applied to Ames, meaning mm-hmm. Urbit to Urbit communication, but it's still. Um, didn't apply to, let's say, HTTP to Urbit communication. Meaning, if I wanted to say, okay, I'm uh, MrSeniorTrucks.com and I want to move my website to an Urbit because, I don't know, whatever. Um, I'm a masochist. Uh, how, I couldn't do that because basically everything I just said about the scalability means that every single visitor I had would require the Urbit to do something. And that would be just, that's absurd. That doesn't work um, at the scale of like a public website. Um, and so the reason was that, I mean, it's actually quite simple. It's just like Urbit mostly optimized on Urbit to Urbit communication and not, you know, clear web to Urbit communication. And so what this, I mean, it's actually quite simple. What these two uh, improvements have done, and Water Parter did this, shout out to him, this is a really great work, is fix both the runtime and air, which is our module that handles HTTP requests, to cache those requests. So right now, you could host a website on your Urbit. I, 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 my blog is at, you know, cosmic.church slash something or other. Um, and... I can have, I don't want to say unlimited people, but a lot of people visit that site simultaneously on par with a normal web server and it won't bog down the ship. And so this is actually a big deal because it's like, I also, you're also using that ship to, you know, share pictures of cats within your Urbit group. So you don't want basically every time someone visits your website to also bog your ship down. Because it just um, decreases the functionality or the performance overall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's like the, and I mean, what's, what's interesting is that so many people have like, for example, what Datch's tip like the new blog, um, it's just called blog app mm-hmm. has done is made it. So, and Tyrell's stuff have made it. So more people are, are trying to host their personal websites from their orbit, which just makes sense. Cause like you already have a computer. Why not do that? Um, and so this will make that a lot more, uh, realistic and functional. 
So that's really cool as well. Very cool. So you should actually uh, move your your home your homepage to your uh, to your. I will. What's your? Do you have like a vanity really, domain? It's really cool. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you what it is though. <laughs> oh wow! It's like that, huh? Okay, that's cool. My uh, my wife doesn't understand that like vanity do- can, collecting vanity domains is like uh, one of my passions. One of my, uh, passions. It really is. Like I have an idea. <laughs> like I bought Urbit urbitforwomen.org. You know, it's like someday someone will want that. That is, you are onto something. That's evergreen. That's evergreen. You know, someone's going to call me and be like, yo, I got all these, all these women are trying to get, you have a mind for business. I do. People have said that. People have said that. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah. And then, okay, sorry. I'll look at my list here. Okay. The third thing, this one might take a little bit more explaining even more is noun channels. What does that mean? Um, do you know what a noun is in the no. urban context? Let's just that, say that sounds, no. Okay, good. Um, a noun is uh, Urbit's internal representation of data. It's the best way to think about it. So you can just think about it as the native way that Urbit represents data. Um, so right now, every web, every Urbit app that you use, um, let's say... What's an urban app that you use? Um, Pals. Pals. You use Pals, right? So that client is actually just a website, right? The, that, or not, you know what I mean? You access it through your browser. Um, and so that means that like when you're using the user interface for Pals, when I send a message from my browser to my Urbit to add a Pal, delete a Pal, whatever... Um, it sends, the browser sends it to the Urbit in a format called JSON, which is JavaScript object notation, I want to say. It's like the most common representation of this um, kind of data going over the HTTP request. And then the Urbit has to turn it into a, a noun in order to be able to do anything with it. Because that's the way Urbit recognizes data. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So does that make sense? It's sort of like that, so every time, every minuscule thing you do requires that conversion, mm-hmm. right? It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, that sucks because, right? Like, I mean, that's putting a lot of load on the Urbit to do that. And this is actually the kind of thing that, in theory, a browser can do. A browser actually can do all kinds of shit, right? And a, and a browser is like an entire, you know, um, has an entire programming language in it, like JavaScript, whatever. So it would be much better if basically your browser could turn it into a noun, then send it back to the Urbit, and the Urbit doesn't have to do that work every time. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so it's like all this stuff is like trying to get that work off the Urbit, trying to like get it out so that you don't have... And it's also kind of... It's, it's messy because um, that conversion is very finicky a lot of times. Um, and so it's like a lot of developers, they spend, you know basically probably 80% of their time writing the conversion back and forth from JSON as the main thing they're doing, which is a huge bummer. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so basically, so, so, and so the, the release, what we did here is made it so that you can either send to your, your urban now can accept either JSON or 
a noun, which it couldn't do before. It was just JSON. And so that means basic, and, and, of, and of course, there's an accompanying library that goes into your web app that'll allow you to serialize those nouns and send it over. And what that means, two things. It means the developer doesn't have to write those, those um, conversions, which you can ask any developer, by far the worst part of developing a, a UI app on Urbit. And that's because um, the, sorry to interrupt, but that's no. because the work is then being done on the client side. That's why you can do this. So yeah, the work is being done on the client side. Okay. So you don't have to write the conversion in the Urbit. You can write it in JavaScript, it. which is actually much simpler. Um, and so, um, and, and the, just, I mean, actually to back up, one of the reasons that's the case is that JSON is meant, it's for JavaScript. Does that make yes. sense? It's kind of like it's native yeah. habitat. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of like Hoon is very much not JavaScript. So trying to have to do that stuff in Hoon just sucks. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so less work for the developer and faster performance wise, because now a job, a, a browser is optimized to be messing around with JSON and JavaScript and whatever. Google has spent a lot of money making that happen. And so now that can be done on the browser and then the urban doesn't have to do it. So the whole thing will be more performant, which is amazing. So the good. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I mean, it's like one of those things where you, you click a button, you want to do the thing immediately. <laughs> it's like, it's so like visceral. It's like when you click the button, it doesn't do it immediately. It's like, it's broken. Well, right? we're also just, you know, conditioned for that. It's, it's like society, man. It's Honestly. Like, man, society. Look back to like fondness of slow internet. You know, you just click it. Maybe it'll do it. Maybe it won't. You know, give it a, give it a year. Give it a year. Exactly. <laughs> Which is what it's like to use. Most crypto shit, actually. It's it's just insane. Um, but yeah, so it's like, this will hopefully actually help that latency. It'll help it be less flaky, better development, you know, bam. So that's actually really, really cool. And that's like a been, that's a lot of Palfun, Palfun Foslop, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, did that. And um, yeah, so that, does, that, does that make sense? I feel like the noun thing might not be super cool. I mean, it's... um. It's it's just the concept of nouns being data or yeah you know I'm trying to like visualize because but but I mean I get I do understand what you're saying um, in terms of the process like broad broadly yeah I mean the, I'm the, probably the, never going to really understand um, <laughs> a lot well, I mean <laughs> I, I mean well I, but it's also like do you understand what a PDF looks like if you open it up in a text editor no right it's like you don't really need to know so yeah. As long as you just think of okay, noun is basically a format, then you're good mm-hmm. for 99 I do understand that. Yeah. You did uh, a good job explaining that. I'm to, th- thank you. You know, yeah. I, I, I act like I don't need that kind of assurance, but I do. You're doing good. I do. I do. All right, good. Sorry um, about that. And then the, f- the final thing, which is also JSON related, right, is um, that we've, we've jetted the JSON conversions. So... You might just be like, well, why do you need that? You just told me that you don't have to convert JSON. That would be a totally rational uh, objection. Um, So first of all, jets, what are they? Where do they come from? What are they for? Um, Do you know? Jets are big planes that go fast. It's true. Not as, not as fast. Oh, sorry. I was going to try to throw in a blimp reference. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Blimp, blimp core. (laughs) Blimp core is a scourge. 
Blimpcore. <laughs> that's you. That's you. I am. I am. Okay. I told myself no. I'm not going to show blimps. I can't. It's with their, you know, once you start, it's hard to stop. Too much. Um, but jets in the urbit context mean essentially um, it's a way to use your um, your computer's resources. By computer, I mean here like the literal physical computer to make computations go faster. It's probably the easiest way to think about it. So, you know, a jet is a way to say, okay, this is a computation that would be slow in Hoon slash knock. Let me u- see if I have a jet for it and that will run it in C, which mm-hmm. is a thing that is optimized to run your machine. So it's, a, it's like a shortcut, basically. It's kind of the best way to think about it. So the reason it works in Urbit is because like things will run without the jets. It just won't run as fast. Got it. Okay. So when I say jet something, it just means make it faster. Probably mm-hmm. the easiest way to think about it. So mm-hmm. um, what's interesting is that everything I just said about getting rid of JSON, using nouns instead of JSON, whatever, that kind of assumes that you control both sides of that, right? You control the Urbit side and you control, you're writing PALS, the Urbit app, and you're writing the PALS UI, Right. But there's a lot of situations where you don't actually. You you're using the Twitter API, or you're using the Firebase API, or you're using Ethereum, Infura API. So you don't actually control whether it's sending nouns or JSON or whatever. You don't actually control that. Does that make sense? So you still have to deal with JSON. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this would make it so that in those cases you'd still get all those performance benefits, um, which is like. You know, it's probably doesn't happen quite as it won't. It doesn't happen nearly as much as JSON coming from your own UI, but it's still, you know. It's I different. mean, it's that's still an area where you would want that needs to be addressed so that the performance in that case is still good. Exactly. That's exactly. All you're saying, yeah, yeah. Makes and sense. so you sort of have the bases covered there, you know, which is really interesting. So it's like, it's like so those four things, right? You go, we've make urbit to urbit communication more performant. Mm-hmm. We make clear web to urbit more performant. We make, um, let's say, UI web UI to urbit more performant, right? And we make server to urbit more performant. I mean, like web to server. Like I said, I think, I think the most obvious example is, like for example, a friend just wrote a Twitter bot for the millionth time, right? That will post from your from an urbit group into a Twitter, for example, but that still has to use the Twitter API, which is all JSON and whatever. And so now that will still be perf- all performance optimized. So cool. you kind of have your bases covered. Yeah. Well, this is exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited. Seems like a huge, a huge amount of work. I mean, this is it, a big deal. It was. And I mean, what's interesting though, is that like, it wasn't without problems. Honestly, like the, these releases don't, they're not, they're not like, you know, effortless. they're not always so smooth or yeah. no. And, and I think that's kind of like the higher level thing is just learning from each one of these releases and trying to make sure that they go smoother. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just, it's hard. And so, I mean, like I really have to commend, I'll actually, I'll put this in the show notes as well. Like uh, Rob Nisrikfer and the rest of the core team, like they put together like a, post-mortem lessons learned, like some things were messed up. How could we 
not have to be messed up in the future, um, which I think is the best thing you can do. I mean, that's always the case. And I mean, if you're not messing up, you're a fool. Wow. Because you're doing bad work. Well, you're not working. (laughs) Shallow work. You're not working at all, basically. That's the thing. Is like, right? The best way to not uh, mess up is to not do anything, I suppose. It's true. Um, No, I think that's, I think this is um, really exciting, very cool, and um, a ton of hard work. So good job, guys. Hurrah. Um, So I think that the the next, Next release is going to involve, like I said, like a lot of kind of consuming on this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that it'll it'll still take a little bit for this stuff to hit like all um, user, all like user applications, right? Mm-hmm. Because you still want it to be like, there's certain stuff that is definitely just faster right out the gate. Like I said, all that JSON stuff helps right now. Um but you're going to probably have to wait a little bit and get some developers kind of using the noun stuff, for example, and, you know, et cetera. So, like, this will take a little while to percolate through the system. So, hopefully, though, you know, the massive listenership of this podcast will go forth and like, damn, I, this is what's possible now and I can actually use this stuff right now. And pretty soon, you, you will have trucks.com on Urbit. I can't wait. End of episode. Woo! <laughs>